Craggy Island Rugby, the Leinster edition, game nine. I'm Rob Murphy, and the game's over. And we know Leinster have beaten Connacht by 24 points to 13. Joining me in this week's podcast is William Davis. Evening, Rob. Alan Deegan. Hi, Rob. And David Finn. Good evening, everyone. I call him David, needing a man. Anyway, David, thank you. Uh, good evening, indeed. Okay, so Connacht have lost. We have lots to dissect. Coming up on this week's podcast, a little bit of chat about Alton Delan and Bundy Aki re-signing. That was one of the big stories during the week. We got some audio from the press conference and plenty of chat about that, about the future and where we're going. We'll be looking ahead to the Newport game. But to begin with, we will be trying to dissect what was a very disappointing night. Before we hear some post-game audio from Pat Lamb, let's start with uh, William. Can you sum it up to begin with? They closed the stone, they stopped us playing, they played better, they won. Alan! Yeah, Leinster B stroke C team beat us. And we weren't that far off our A team. Hugely disappointing. Dave? Small things make a big difference. We dropped so much ball. We could have been, in the first 20 minutes, we could have been 20 points up. And it would have been a fair result. But in the last 60 minutes, we should have been 20 points down. Um, Yeah. They tackled really hard. They won all the breakdowns. We made so many mistakes. It was ter- It was appalling. Um, small amount of bad luck, but not enough to justify any sort of major whinging on our part. Uh, yeah, so um, those boys, if they're let play, those backs, they'll be good when they get a few more games into them. <laughs> yeah, they're learning in games like this. It was interesting. Maybe we'll hear from Leo Cullen later, but he had some interesting things to say about that. I'll get back to that in a while. Uh, the first 20 minutes were quite good. Let's let's before we hear from Pat. Let's talk a little bit about that. It was everything we were hoping for? You know, oh, the Lens are trying to keep a tight grip on the game, but we're sparking and we're everywhere. That was good. And then Craig Ronaldson went off, and that's when the problem started. Um, they they got the the speed of the game down to the speed they wanted to play at. They upped their tempo, but they slowed the game down. And that sounds a contradiction, but they started to do simple things well they made their tackles, their line speed was very good that has the stamp of Stuart Lancaster all over it, that's what he did a lot of the time with England, it's very simple stuff and in the past Leinster sometimes used to shirk that sort of stuff, they were a bit too flighty and they used to annoy their fans and the media, you couldn't tonight, they did nothing really exciting but they, what they did it was they impressive, did, it was impressive yeah. and their pack was impressive and they just they strangled the life out of us from about the twentieth minute on. From six nil to twenty four six. Yeah, yeah, it was a very Munster esque performance from Leinster. They 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 dominated, they dominated the contact for an awful long, a lot of the game. We couldn't get into a contact battle with them, and when Craig was on the field, we weren't really. We were moving the ball around. When he leaves, we lose fluidity. The backs don't have the same level of fluidity because when he's there, it's a second 5-8 we have on the field. So we have a second out-half standing out there and, and Kieran can decide who he wants to pass the ball to. He invariably likes to pass it to his out-half whenever he can. And there was at least three occasions when the ball went to the blind side because Jack's where, that's where Jack had been. And it wasn't really the move to be on. It should have gone back into the open side, especially just at the end of the, front, the first half. Um, if we'd scored at the end of the first half, it might have, might have changed oh, the game, yeah, but I don't think so. Time, yeah. yeah, and it needed to go wide. It needed to go open on that side. There was much more men on the open side, and we came down the blind side and eventually made a mistake. Yeah, there was a chance. Their try, obviously, very questionable for a pass. Didn't even bother bringing that up with Pat Lamb because, I don't know, I was interested to see if he was going to bring it up, and he didn't. I just didn't think it was the defining moment of the game. It's a poor officiating. Uh, outside of that, it's not too many complaints. From the referee? Ah, uh, 
I, like I said on me quip, there's nothing to justify any sort of major whinging. Yeah, it's a terrible refereeing decision, and it's symptomatic of a lot of refereeing decisions. The last two times we've come up here, we have lost, and we've come, we've been beaten by the better side. But both, both the first try tonight and the try last time, both should not have been given. But they weren't the reasons we lost. We lost because we didn't play well. Uh, I can't disagree with anything the lads have said about what happened when Craig Ronson went off. I thought Bundy came on, and it's now blatantly obvious that that injury has let what we're, what we yeah, have. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, it was clearly down. It was clearly down. He was rusty. He got he got better as the game got on. And I do th- there was a question that was raised by one of the print journalists about are they ganging up on him? And the clear answer is they ganged up on all of us, but they really did gang up on Bundy. He did do some nice things, but then. They, what they were very good at was clamping the ball hand. There was no, there was very few offloads in comparison to the last couple of games, so that we weren't able to get, the, we weren't able to get the, the space um, to exploit because they were. And let's be frank about it: there were times when defensive line for Leinster was all over the shop. The back three were standing in bizarre positions, but we just didn't, we just didn't exploit it. And they tightened up, and I thought Nasey, Nasey was started doing things dash inspired the other guys I thought Adam Byrne was superb uh, Daly I didn't think very much but he did get a try the two centres were competent and no better than that and the back row killed us absolutely killed us Pat Lamb I tried to talk to him about shape because I, w- I don't think it was the right way to ask him about it I was saying he talked a lot about shape did you lose it after Craig went off that might be true but I think kicking we could just get back to kicking kicking in behind them it's that simple we, we wondered why they don't do it more well they started off kicking and it, it, it got there to uh, wingers, especially the, the 14, whose name escapes me, Burn. Burn. Adam Burn. He was in, he didn't know where he was. He was te- looked absolutely he petrified. He was sort of running around, going after the ball. And then we stopped kicking. And we decided we were going to just keep the ball in hand. And we kept getting smashed. But there was still space in behind. Nasewa was organising and waving his arms. But because their defensive line was so far up, at times there was only one man back. Now, that was particularly in the first 20 minutes. And sometimes we're guilty of not looking and seeing what's in front of us. And that happened in a game in, in, in Ravenhill a couple of years ago where Ulster stopped playing after about 60 minutes and went into close down mode and we didn't realise that. You've, you've got to play what's in front of you and I don't think Leinster, that Leinster side had a huge I don't think they had much confidence coming onto the pitch but they gained confidence because they started to get their stuff going mostly defensively their attack was pretty limited at times it was, it was pr- for what Leinster used to bring but that's because they were, you know, they, they, they didn't have their their number one out half on the pitch, and they they were missing certain players. But they did really well, and I go back again to Stuart Lancaster. That's the sort of stuff that he drives into his teams. All right, here's Pat Lamb speaking to the press afterwards. Pat Lamb, let's just start with the fact that it feels like Leinster had a comprehensive win there. Would you agree that that they were the better side? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, we. Um we, uh, our performance, I always talk about it, you know, the result, the outcome takes takes care of itself, but, um, you know, the whole idea was to bring our game and, and, uh, and play our game, and we started off well, but um, then when we put in pressure on, we turned the ball over, a phenomenal amount of uh, turnovers, which, um, which is a d- disappointing thing, because it affects our whole flow, and, um, um, and then... You know, I think we were six 0 up. They, they worked their way back to nine six, and uh, with some penalties, and we were pretty accurate at the start of the game around our breakdown, and then we were slow, and, and you know, credit to, to them putting pressure at the breakdown. So they got penalties, and then nine six. It's you know, it's it going both ways. But every time we try to put pressure on, um, we would make a mistake, and so we, we ultimately we're disappointed with our own performance, and um, 
and uh, you know, and then at the end there, it's, it's a killer. Like even at 11:69 minutes, and we're third at 17:6. They got sent a message out there, fellas, we can score two tries in 13 minutes. But then we, I think we eat it at, at six minutes. We ate up by losing the ball and scrummaging and resetting and resetting. So that ate up a lot of the clock. And um, and you know, credit to to, to Leinster, you know, they. Um, uh, ultimately, the outcome is the scores to score and win or lose. I never quite look at that. I look at the performance, and, and it was uh, disappointing from our side. You've talked a lot in the last few weeks in the Paris have about shape. It did seem to kind of seem to lose their shape when Craig Ronaldson went off, maybe, or certainly after the first 22 minutes, the game seemed to change very, very much. Oh, I think it's more around um, you know the, the the pass or the the, the, the handling. So um, you know, it was when the boys know I showed the video on the on Monday. I showed some at half time where. Um, it was a lot of execution, um, which which eased the pressure off. Um, so, you know that that's what you know everyone's pretty gutted by in, in, in the change room that it's it's not not of our normal high standard. Um, so, uh, but certainly at times we didn't have the right shape as well on attack. Uh, so that that's when we become pretty average. Leinster's forward play seemed to be very, very important to the way this game played. They, that was the story beforehand. Could Leinster use your experience in the pack? That seems to be the way it played out. Well, certainly at the end, there's a lot of experienced guys that have uh, played a lot of, uh, you know, big time rugby as well. So um, if, you, if if we, we needed to start well and put that pressure on, and, and, and particularly at the scoreboard, if we could, um, there's times there that if you know it's six nil, we could have we could have scored a couple of tries that we and we didn't through through our own mistakes. Um, but you know we were trying to avoid being down to a grinding game. Uh, you know, going into the close of play, we needed to be ahead and apply the pressure. But uh, you know, again, from our own mistakes, that 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 cost us. Just a reminder: our Glory Days radio documentary is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Check it out and have a listen to the extended version. Glory Days in association with Revive Active, the super supplement. Available at select health food stores and pharmacies and on reviveactive.com. Pat Lamb spoke first. He was in very quick, wasn't he? Yeah, we actually were slightly caught out by that. We were He's just like, in the door. Well, no, no, normally, there's a, normally there's a bit of a gap now. Maybe the dressing rooms here are a lot closer yeah, to... I think he just wanted... I want I in and out. Yeah. He, was, he was... You know, we've seen other coaches and we've seen them after defeats. I mean, Leo after a defeat has, has been very down. Uh, Les Kiss, when they lost it, was very down. Pat was down, but he was up. He was honest. He was like, look, we made so many mistakes we didn't deserve to win. Yeah. And that's fine. That's fine. As long as we know for next week that they're going to work in it during this week, it is, it is significant. Before I, you bring up what you want to bring yeah. up, can I just say, we'll hear a bit of Leo Cullen audio yeah. as well. How yeah. about that? Because yeah. uh, you want to chat about that. Yeah. So Leo spoke to us. And I'm just going to pick out two things because I thought it was really interesting at the end. Did you hear him talking about the fact that, you know, as all these international players go away, he gets a whole batch of young academy players in to play these guys, and he says they love it as coaches, it's a really interesting time for them to experiment, and, and we've, we've seen tonight as Connacht folk, the depth that this province has, here's Leo Cullen speaking to the press Yeah, it was, it was a certainly important win, um, just keeps that bit of momentum going in the league it's, yeah, it's, it's always a bit of a challenge you're missing players, um, a few injuries as well, but uh, I thought guys acquitted themselves well. You know, it was a short turnaround as well from Montpellier into this week. So um, we were limited in terms of what we could do preparation-wise. But um, these weeks are a really good opportunity for us, you know, like to to, to see new players. And um, guys are pushing hard. Competition is good for places. Um, I thought it was an amazing crowd out there today as well. And, you know, I think people were, the players were really inspired by that. So... Um, 
Yeah, it's fantastic effort for everyone to turn out today. It's um, made it a great occasion. Um, but it was, yeah, two teams went hard at it, I thought. Um, not a huge amount of it. You were saying before the game that the final standing off and, and watching Connacht, but you seem really proactive in your defending today, and that kind of was key probably in the match. Yeah, definitely. And it's been a big focus for us, like as always, but. Um, yeah, it was you know the final was disappointing. I thought we we were good there for most of it. I thought we were lucky a couple of times where we do put real good pressure and we, you know we were trying to score from our defence. Um, it was disappointing right at the end there, just give, giving that try at the end. But um, we'll have a look back. So it wasn't perfect, you know, by any means the game like the way we played at times. But you know we we kind of expected that little bit of I guess disjointed nature where. Um, but yeah, I thought guys, you know, the effort and endeavour was very, was very positive, and guys in the squad are showing really good characteristics at the moment, and that's pleasing. Obviously, we'll miss a few now, and we wish them well as they head away for camp and what's ahead. But we'll be getting the next group of players ready to play against Zebra next week. Just then, got on board there, three and four now tries. Brian Daly come in, make his first start, and get the try. So you got young guys like that scoring. It's Supposed to be close going for the next week as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Adam scored over in Zeb last year, I think, as well. So um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, it was a good physical effort from the guys. So we'll just make sure we recover well because you know we'll be thinner on players next week. Um, it's it's a really good window this for us, you know, because with so many guys away, you know, it's it's not only these guys that are playing today, but it's actually the next guys beneath that as well come in. To, to train against and so a lot of those academy guys are integrated into the group and you know it's it's a really good window for us to see those guys up close and you get to work with them on a regular basis so um, for us as coaches we really enjoy this time of year um, you know it's challenging for sure but it's um, it's also can be quite rewarding when you see guys you know making the steps into the team That was Leo Cullen Dave Yeah I thought it, something very unusual. I've never seen this before in rugby terms. And it goes back to William's idea that this is a very much a team that had the Stanford Stuart Lancaster on it. There came out and I was just, you guys were setting up, and I just happened to notice that Leo Cullen was in civvies. He was in the Leinster, Leinster jerk, uh, blazer, jumper, and, uh, and jeans. Wasn't in a tracksuit. I have never seen Leo Cullen or any provincial coach not in his tracksuit. Uh, he gave the press conference there. He came in. He was in the jacket. He was informal. There is a clearly... Whatever they're going to say officially, there is clearly a changing of the guard there because it's very unusual for the head coach in rugby not to be in the tracksuit and boots. I just thought it was significant. I'll point out to you guys. you all never seen it before. I've never seen it before. I wonder if, we, if everything we've seen tonight, both on and off the pitch, reflects exactly what William's saying about the impression of Stuart Lancaster. Yeah, it looks like and Stuart Lancaster was was running the session. He was running the whole pre pre match thing that was going on out there. Um, and he's a very good coach, and that's that's what he's capable of. And maybe what Some coup, really. <laughs> what, maybe what Leo's doing is moving into the director of rugby role, and then can step back and, and get into a civvies and then run run the thing there rather than just coaching. He seemed just to, to, to counterbalance that. He seemed more relaxed. Than I've seen. I've seen him after a few wins over us. It's not like we haven't seen Leo Cullen. He, he had a big win here last year, for example. Way more relaxed. Way more enjoying it. And the fact that he did you see the way he brought that up at the end about the academy players? He introduced that. Leo Cullen never does that. He doesn't introduce extra things into your question. But he was in. He's in a much better place. So while it looks like he's being pushed aside from what he was doing, he may well be stepping into something that he is enjoying. 
Yeah, the only the only time you tend to see coaches is rugby league. They're always in suits. That's a real yeah. sort of setup, and they're sitting upstairs. And it, it maybe just it just be a change. Um, and they have got some very good young players to work with, and and, 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 and depth. But you'd expect that. On that though, how good are these young lads? Is it, we get a few Leinster listeners, and let's face it, they're the story of the day. So, like Adam Byrne might have looked a bit out of place defensively at the start. Boy, does he look good when he's charging through? Because as much as that was a forward pass, that try came from a brilliant move off a line out, smashing through, and great support play from Conan. Yeah, yeah, and it was you know it was, it was a case of that he. he Heffernan tried to tackle him and you know he managed to get four or five paces had a time to turn around twice to see who was coming to, to give the balls and there Conan arrived on his shoulder and it was something we didn't get all night we never really got that and if we did once or twice if we did get it there was nobody on the shoulder you know Jack made a couple of breaks early on in the game and did get through looked around to pop this ball to, and there was nobody that, to pop the ball yeah, to which right. was very disappointing because we got very good at that and it just seemed to be off there tonight we were just off the pace just I don't know if you noticed in the commentary but I, I, like, I was trying I try and just focus on the play but a few times I was like he's true and he's looking for a pass and there was no, I, I must have said that three or four times in that first half yeah, because there was nobody there. Mm. Uh, it was it was very much an in, individual uh, players going forward mm. and r- running running away from their own players, but nobody following them. And that's a sign of a team that's just not on on their game plan. And again, we we rely on the ability to pass the ball accurately and at speed, but you have to have somebody to pass it to. And they did run into a few blind alleys. <coughs> and. As I say, they just they strangled us. They never let us get anything going at all, and that's testimony to good, solid defensive work and analysis of how we play. Musical sting coming up in a second, and some audio from the midweek press conference. But we're not finished on this game. We're going to talk about this in the context of defeats in the past, and in the context of what's to come next week. So that's still to come. That's Leinster wrapped up. That's the audio from the press conference. Musical sting. Right, William, you were at the press conference on Tuesday when it was announced in brilliant news, Alton Delan and Bundyaki staying with Connacht and it just came at the end of an incredible four weeks of great victories, great positivity. Oh, those were the days, what, four days ago? <laughs> One defeat does not bring us down. Um, yeah, it was, it, was quite, it was quite interesting because it was a bit earlier than normal and we were brought up to the boardroom rather than the media room. And there was four four chairs and four bottles of water. So mines did start uh, ticking over. There was also a rather large chap, security man, stopping people sort of looking out onto the pitch where photographs were being taken, (laughs) which was a bit peculiar. No, you can't, because if you had seen it, you would have known what you were going to know. (laughs) Exactly. But we had kind of worked it out before Mm. it happened. And uh, Willie Rowan, CEO, made the announcement, man who we don't see very often uh, engaging with with the press, uh, they 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 try to underplay it a little bit. They it was a little bit matter of fact, uh, and I can understand that because they, they, they look they didn't want to sort of go mad about the fact that the two current players had resigned, but they're two important resignings. Can I ask you a couple of things? Pick out a couple of things from the press conference, and I'm going to cut into this now. Um, the underplaying and the fact that he it was very much stated that both players went to the management when asked and said we want to stay in Connacht here's Willie Rand Connacht Rugby and the IRFU are delighted to announce the signing of contract extensions for both Bundy Aki and Ulton Delan the new contracts will keep both players with the province until June 2020 and June 2019 respectively 
needless to say, the signings are hugely significant in the context of what we're trying to achieve with Connacht Rugby. And I'm delighted for the players personally, for the wider organisation, and for all our supporters who have taken both players to their hearts over the last number of years. Finally, I want to thank the players for the manner in which they went about their business during the negotiations. And I look forward to a very exciting future for Connacht Rugby and for the players themselves. Uh, Willie, that's going to come as a relief as much as anything else to, to the fans. Is it a real statement of, of intent by Connacht that they've, you've held on to two of our upcoming stars and you're going forward? Oh, 100%. I mean, it's, it's, as I said, it's, it's, it's very significant in the context of what we're trying to achieve with Connacht Rugby. And, uh, you know, whether it's a, a statement of intent, as you describe it, um, it's, it's, it's a big one for us. They're two super guys, two super players who play a very important role within our squad and within the organisation overall. So we're delighted, as I said, for the players, we're delighted for the organisation and for the supporters who have, uh, who have I've no doubt, been, been uh, waiting for an announcement like this. There was plenty of speculation about uh, both players in the last couple of weeks. How protracted were the negotiations? Genuinely, they were very, very straightforward. I mean, the guys came in, um, I met with them a number of occasions, they came in, they absolutely said, I want to be in Connacht Rugby. Um, that's a really, really good starting point. So it was relatively straightforward. Actually, if anything, I was slightly bemused by some of the speculation, knowing what was going on myself. So um, a speculation is one thing. I mean, statement of fact, in some, case, some cases, was absolutely bizarre. I, I didn't understand that at all. But the guys came in, they wanted to be here, they made that clear. And as I said, that's a really good starting point to start off in terms of trying to negotiate an agreement. And really, it was just about details after that. Um, so no, they, I, I, I mean it when I say it. Um, I can't say enough for uh, the way in which the guys went about their business. That's Willie Ran. You said you liked what Pat Lamb had to say on a couple of things as well. Yeah, I asked uh, Alton oh, yeah. about uh, his leadership role with the younger players. And he answered that uh, very well, but very uh, he understated. He didn't want to overplay it. But Pat Lamb came in, and I thought this was interesting. Pat Lamb said, look, this is a player who went from the academy to the A-team to the first team and to Ireland. And there is a path now. He, he can see this. Players can see that you can start here and you can finish up there if you have the talent and the work rate. And he also confirmed the fact that having Joe Schmidt remaining as manager has helped that path. I mean, that's solidified all that because it, it means you're dealing with the same people over and over. So, Alton to land first and then Patla. Alton, you're a young man and you're, you're in this Connacht setup now, but there's younger guys coming up behind. Do, do, you, do you find or do you enjoy the fact that you're probably seen as a leader among the younger guys and they're, they're working towards sort of achievements you've had? Yeah, it's um, it doesn't doesn't really sink in that much for me. I'm always kind of, I guess maybe the lads that find I'm laid back about it. But uh, yeah, it's it's def- I, I would kind of start to notice that this year. But um, yeah, and it's it's nice to be able to help anyone that that needs help out in the academy. Everyone's so approachable, so it's it's, it's never an issue, never it's never a problem. I think they really hit home when I talk to the academy guys and they talk about Alton. They can't believe how fast he's gone from where he was to where he is there. And we believe it because we see the work that he does. He's obviously got the natural talent, but he puts the work in. But that's, when we talk about a pathway and grassroots to green shirts, you know, both these guys are, are examples there. 
it doesn't matter where you come in. Obviously, Bundy from overseas uh, has shown coming over here that he can, you know, perform at this level and get better at this level. Isn't you know that inspires a different group of people. And then for this guy at the academy, all those academy boys are going, geez, he was just there just recently, and now he's playing at this level and also at the higher level. So it's uh, it's, it's, it's great great for for the growth of where we're going. Is that it? Did you want something else? There's one other bit from Willie Ryan which I thought was quite interesting. You can read into this whatever you want. The guys are, the guys are, they, they absolutely understand that, you know, playing good rugby is first and foremost what their roles are about. Um, they're playing exceptional rugby and they're doing it in an environment where they're very, very happy and they believe they can fulfil their ambitions um, in that environment. So, in terms of their decision, I, without speaking for them, I think that's, that's the piece where they're very clued into that. Um, the idea that it is solely about money, um, I think, would be doing a disservice to the guys in terms of the way in which they think about their own careers. Um, and again, I can't say enough for them because they came in and it was very, very straightforward. Um, obviously, you have to respect the fact that you have to go through negotiation and make sure that the details work for everyone. But in terms of a starting point where guys say, I want to be here, that's, that's just a really positive starting point. We have a couple of little bits to do, as well as our usual any other business. We need to put a cap on this game as well and, and talk about next week. But we can't leave all that, Alan, without just underlining how big it is. And let's face it, when things were going wrong, four games into the season, one called off, three lost, papers reporting, oh, Delan heading to his home province in Munster and Aki being sought by Munster. It was this kind of sense that, yeah, Connacht did what they did, but it's time to get back to normal. And this, this says uh, they were wrong to, uh, to suggest that was going to happen. Well, it's why I don't speculate about what's going to happen because I think, you know, speculation is speculation. And if you want to put yourself out there and there's certain websites who definitively said that everything had been signed, then it just makes them look like fools. And, and they are. We don't want to mention any names, Pundit Arena, but at the same time, <laughs> Pundit Arena got it wrong. Exclusively. Exclusively wrong. Exclusively they got it wrong. You yeah. know what's going on there. Uh, uh, look, I think they said Joe Schmidt's gone home about four years ago as well. But anyway. Look... <laughs> Every, everybody's entitled to, to, to have their opinion, but some of the stuff that was being written was just very, very odd. The, the, the central bit that they missed, in my view, was, yes, a player could leave. He could, yep, yeah, look, there's more money at Club X, away you go. He want, they, they want yeah. to do that. But the problem that I could never get to was, why would you leave the Pro 12 champions who are playing Champions Cup rugby and are playing a good brand of rugby? Yeah. And you're learning stuff. Yeah. And that's specifically, I think, applies to probably Alton Delan. He is somebody who wants to learn and his game is improving. He admitted in the press conference he's a lot more work to do. He said, my line-out calling. And yeah, it, yeah. yeah so, so, so that's, that's the whole... That never got discussed. It was just a case of, oh, yeah, well, their contracts are up and they have, they have to leave. Yeah. And, and it was, there was no real analysis made of why they would leave. Why would you leave? What what would be the attraction? Maybe more money would drive, but players aren't always driven by that. They want opportunities in different circumstances. And it's important for Connacht because if you're a Connacht fan, I'll give you an example. I was in a house the other night doing a bit of work and I was shown on a laptop a picture of a young kid who wanted his photograph when Bundy was on the TV being interviewed so his dad stopped the Sky Sports and he got the photograph. Nice. And what does he want for Christmas? He wants a Bundy scrum cap. 
And that's what Bundy brings. He's the f- if you're five or you're 85 you, and you don't maybe follow Connacht yeah. to the extension that we do, you can identify yeah. with him. Alton Delan is in some ways to me more interesting because he's a young player who's going places and you can see him getting better and how he's trying to get there. Yeah. And that's what I fail to understand from people saying, oh yeah, well of course he's going to go to Munster because he's from Munster and he's going to go back. I just, I just don't, didn't understand it and... Connacht were, yeah, as I say, they underplayed it, but there was a little bit of um, quiet satisfaction in the way they made the announcement. Just put it out, it just is brilliant though, isn't it? Like, it just says, look, our best players are staying with us. Not always going to be the case, but it's happened now. Well, it underlines the fact that we are Pro 12 champions and that our players are willing to stay with us and that's not just a place to come, learn for a couple of years and then go off somewhere else and, and try and achieve more things in other places that this is possible to achieve with Connacht now and achieve it playing some fantastic rugby with a lot of good young players um, with, with a great coaching team as well. All right. We have lots more to talk about in that regard, Dave, but let's put a finish on this because Alan collapses with a Sorry. sneeze. <laughs> that nearly <laughs> killed him. That sneeze nearly killed him. But he's still alive. Oh, with some, it would just, that would really have put a cap on a pretty awful night. Um, <laughs> Down one craggy man by sneezing. Yeah. Uh, no, it's fantastic. I mean, and it, what makes it good is that it means that maybe we've we've turned the the tide of, and maybe we need to get some people in the media to realise this that Connacht can no longer be seen. If if players like Bundy and Olsen and previously Kieran and Finley were now in, we're all in the Ireland squad. have all signed up again, and we've also signed Nihi up, and we've signed the likes of Peter Rob up, and all these young lads, and all the lads that we rave about who are the kids who weren't even playing tonight, James Connolly or Masson, all those guys. They've all signed up for the project. They believe in the project. Now. You get nights like tonight where it all goes a bit pear-shaped, but no one is going to suddenly go, oh, I've made a terrible decision by signing because of tonight. It is great for Kant. It means that we maybe, just maybe, a lot more people will start regarding us as the developmental. I mean, whatever about the whatever about what the RFU says and what Kant says, there's a lot of people believe we are a developmental province. And that, as William said, yeah. he should go with a monster. Go there, get some go. game time, come back. Come back. And he said, no, there are four provinces, and if players want to stay at Kant, that is their right. No one... No one, no one would question if, like, let's take, let's take an example. No one question if Eastern Nassau was signed on for another year at Newark Monster, or Joey Carby stays on, and they decide so they're going to stay on next year. Nobody questions that. Nobody questions if any of the Monster boys stay on for a while, and, and the Ulster boys, and the Ulster, and the Ulster boys, they don't question it. So why are people questioning why people at Connacht would stay at Connacht? This is where they, they feel this is best for their rugby careers. Why, why are you questioning it? Don't players want to leave? That's fine. We accept that, but don't assume that players have to leave. Okay, final part of the podcast, coming up. Okay, so there's one thing that kind of gets on my nerves about these kind of things is people say, ah, McCartney's missing, Buckley's missing, which we did, and you said in the podcast, but I think you agree with me as well. There's something about the shape and the way we approach these games that even if you had Robbie Henshaw back here, if we went out with that kind of structure we would have lost because Leinster would have had that cleverness. And maybe that's why, maybe that's why only three Connacht players were named in the Ireland squad. Possibly, but if you flick this, if, I think if you put those two teams out in the sports ground... Oh, of course. Been... Fully agree with you. So what is it? A venue, really? We went to Toman Park and won. We've won in a lot of away venues. Yeah, but uh, no, it's a rugby thing. Home teams tend to win home matches. Like uh, I don't think they've lost here for two years or something. Yeah, it's, it's, huge. It's, it's, it's 17 yeah, yeah, wins so in a row, and I think it's 19 without defeat. Yeah, so like you're, you're talking about a team who, this is where they're very, very comfortable. It's their ground. They like it. I don't. <laughs> um, I find it just a little bit 
it's so missing something. Yeah, it's it's just I don't know. Like as I say, when I got distracted about five minutes before the end of the game, with all the people streaming out in front of me, I'm going, "What? The, there's a game going on, people." You know, I got very, I get annoyed with that. I get annoyed watching. You know, you're watching the game when fellas are lining up kicks. There's people walking around everywhere, going, getting their pints, going, getting their drink, going to the toilet, having whatever it is they're doing. And yeah, I, I, I don't like it. I can't. It's one of the reasons I don't go to the Aviva because you, you can't stand at the Aviva. You have to sit down. I hate sitting down at matches. There you go. Sorry, I didn't answer the question, but I just went on a rant. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> that's, that's fine. That's Someone press number six and see what happens there with Alan. <laughs> this is like roll the lucky ball. Any other business entire podcast? I know, fair point though. Right, yeah, you yeah. don't need to follow on this. Yeah, right? yeah. What was my question? Yeah, God knows. Question? <laughs> Something along the lines of, you know, if we go out like that, I don't think it's a personnel thing. It's it, it's an all overall approach. It's it just these teams. Well, it's a forwards thing. It was a collective unit that won the game for Leinster. Yes. And I think that's what wrecks our head. Yeah, and I think I think honestly, for games like these, you need your strongest, strongest team available. And once Craig Ronaldson went off. Uh, it, it, we, we disintegrated a bit, and that will worry them. That's how how big is Craig Ronaldson to this team, Alan and Dave? Well, I've been calling from at the start of the season. I was saying, and we need him on the team, and then tonight proved it again. And actually, I was just talking to Michael Corcoran, friend of the podcast, there at half time, and and he made the point that you know from that point on we lost, and he said he couldn't, he had, he could could not see how Connacht could get back into the game. That mm. their chance of winning it was there in that first twenty five minutes, thirty minutes, and. We only got two scores on the board and it just wasn't enough. We can't play Ronson every week. Maybe we can. We've been playing our props every week. It seems to be yeah. no problem. They, they, do you know what I mean? It, it, like it surely I, I, can't I, come down to one player all the time in terms of our state. Maybe it was that Aki came on and he just wasn't in good shape. But Ronson there, seems to bring are, something that's n- like is the second 5-8 and it seems to really suit I tell you now, I'm thinking Leinster have one player they rely on. I think if Easton the Seaway isn't on that pitch, they yeah, don't win that game. phenomenal, wasn't it? Simple, he was absolutely phenomenal. Simple as. I mean, you can rely. I mean, they don't only rely on the nice No, but, but the in one term- play he made back in his own 22 and we, yeah. he looked like he had him in, wrapped up in pieces. Like. Yeah, see, I mean, it should. the thing is, it should shouldn't come down to one player going off. There should always be, well, if Craig goes off, because Craig has a history of going down with injuries. And it didn't seem to bother us when he wasn't playing at the end of last season. But it takes a lot of pressure off. We, it takes a lot of pressure off Jack. It takes a lot of pressure off. It, gives, it, it means, it's a, where is the ball going to go? And what Alan was saying earlier about where does Kieran pass to? If he only has to pass to Jack, the whole play becomes readable. Whereas if you have Jack on one side, Craig on the other, where they can go right away, they split their defence and it makes things a lot easier for us. What's a great point there is like he wasn't with us last year, at the end of last season when we won the league. Now he seems to be the integral part of the team. Sometimes this yeah. game's hard to analyse. Yeah, it is. We had Aj McGinty, of course, last year at the end of the season. Yeah, uh, it was a different type of out after than Jack. And yeah. we had Robbie Henshaw. Oh, Robbie Henshaw, speaking of. I think he lives around here nowadays. Well, he got—he was getting mobbed as we came yeah, across the ground. That. It was—it was mobs of kids everywhere, and I went into the loo and kids said, "Robbie Henshaw's outside!" Oh my God, you know, and they were running to, to get out and see Robbie. Off the lounge here. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Uh, no, um, but. I'll go back to the point I was making a while ago. You have to have your Dennis Buckley's, your Tom McCartney's for these type of games. Alton Buckley as Alan would know. Oh, 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 well, of course. Oh, oh, Someone's going to have to write well, down Dennis Buckley's yeah. name. I, 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 I actually think um, Pundit Arena should run with that one. This, the Alton Buckley <laughs> yeah. is going to be, is on his way to Connacht. 
I think in terms of I think why William is right is that there are two reasons why you needed Buckley and McCartney the scrum is a problem at the moment uh, weirdly the line that went very well <laughs> but um, it didn't it, went, so it, it, it did, did sorry it, 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 I was going to say it did yeah but then the whole it fell apart as everything, everything else fell apart, apart. Yeah. but initially of the two lines the scrums were reasonable of the two line of the two line outs theirs was more disastrous in the first half yes the scrum the scrum eventually we had two well, we, we Finley has a lot of game time on his, on, on his hands, and he took a few knocks in that game. And young Robertson McCoy is raw as, as eggs in terms of, of experience. And but I thought they held up. But the reason you have Buckley and McCartney is because again around the field they they they're also players who can change direction. We just Williams right. We we didn't have our full team out. They will go. I mean, all the media beyond they had they had all their players missing. So where? What we had, what we had missing was what we had missing was game changers, and they really did have two game changers out there. They had Sean O'Brien, they had Dan Levy, and they had Eason Asipa. And McCartney and Dennis Buckley would bring real experience. Um, I know, but I still I know I accept that. Yeah. But I think if you're going to be okay. as competitive as you need to be in these games, okay. that's just. It's, I'm not making it as an excuse. They won't yeah, make it as an excuse, but. You'd have loved something like Dennis Buckley to go in and rob a bit of ball on the ground and turn he them over. He owned that, that situation. Absolutely. Right? Sean and O'Brien was, was very, very good tonight. It was good to see it um, from an Irish point of view. Yeah, yeah. He was, and he was very mobile. He was getting around the field as well. And, of course, he, he did have a little 10-minute rest. A little bit naughty as well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which actually something that happens on a lot of, of rocks. There is, there is, and I think why he got nailed was because the referee blown the whistle. But he came in like an exorcist. And that happens a lot of rocks. I'm amazed more players aren't caught for that. There was one in the Ulster game which, which Jerry Thornley was sitting beside me nearly lost the plot over about an Ulster player came flying in yeah. and nearly decapitated. I remember. <laughs> um, so that happens. So he deserved his 10 minutes. I, I've gone on a rant. I, 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 I have a... Be interested to see if, that, if there's a change in the law there because it seems to be this attached on thing. That once you attach yourself on, you can do almost what you, will, what you want. And I people don't realise who followed the modern game and didn't follow it in the eighties and nineties. What used to go on in Ross? Yeah. I think they kind of know, yeah, but they I, really don't realise. Yeah, I think I think the thing is the guys are the guys are bigger now and they're fitter. But yeah, I, but I, that, them, and they wouldn't have been people wouldn't have been going in like a torpedo no, to rock. But, but, the but stuff some, that of, went some on. of the stuff that goes on there does leave you thinking, no, that's that's a bit of a cheap shot. Any other business, Alan? No. Do you want to rant about the, how you don't like the ground and the atmosphere and people leaving early and bringing points in? Yeah, what you can do is just pull that out of the other section and put it in here. You should put it in twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. William, uh, big good driving today. Thanks for that. Thank you. Um, driving again next Friday. That game's taken on quite a lot. It's the last game before a break. Connacht have a 20-day playing break for their next match after we play the Dragons. Team we usually beat in Galway, team we regularly beat in Wales. That's a big game next Friday night. They they're coming in having lost in uh, Russia last weekend. Uh, and when the, lost tonight against the Ospreys. When the match in Russia was played in 18 degrees centigrade. Plus what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Outrageous. Uh, and they got well beaten. But at home they they, they lost today at, at uh, against Neath Swansea. Um, that just has the makings of a, of a tough night again. They, they, they'll they give it a real go. I uh, still think, though, judging by the way we beat them last year, 
there was a real resignation from them in the press room afterwards and among the crowd that Connacht had a better place. And I think that's what gives us the real edge going into that game. Every time we went over there in the past, and even in parts of that game, there was a sense that, no, these guys have no right to be beating us. I think they're nearly, which is the worst thing you can do, starting to accept that we might have a right. It's like that time when Glasgow flicked a switch and we started kind of accepting that Glasgow were a different team than what we knew for the previous decade. Yeah, yeah, plus the fact that, you know, we Pat goes around t- telling everyone how we're, we've got the smallest budgets of well, um, Kingsley Jones, yeah. Kingsley Jones is jumping up and down, going, "No, we have, we have, and because they, they, they do have the least budget." Although they were taken over recently, they were bought out recently. I think something happened with the ownership of. of we'll Dragon. research. Yeah. We'll research on the way over next week. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll have it for you, Robert. Nice, yeah. nice, I'll have a chief researcher. While we're while we're travelling, flying into Bristol, Dave, next week must win. Well, all games are must win. Let's must cut win. that. All games are must win. If, you, if, you're, if you're in the sport, I can't, I can't have to you say You go so. out to win every, every single game. game. <laughs> I mean, I'm sick of this. I mean, I'm sick of this across sports. Oh, you don't mind if you lose. If you mind if you lose, then you're going to lose all the time. Uh, no, we have to win. We have to win. And we have to we have to put on a performance because we can't. That level tonight isn't good enough. And that's not good enough against any team. Um, but I do think over the week they'll be, they will work very, very hard. I think the video session on Monday is going to be a horror show for most of these guys and they will absolutely know what to do and then there will have to be a plan B because there was no plan A plan B actually was working and then they went away from it and it didn't, it didn't make any sense um, yeah enjoyed Newport lads I hear the, the one time I met Newport people after a game here they said where should, where should I say if I was going to Newport and they said Swansea <laughs> I don't really care if actually I think it's Gillespie or Swansea Bristol as well have so many options. Anyways, yeah, that's it. Furry, by the way. Any other business? For you? No, we're going oh, one, one small thing. One small thing. Uh, a bite. Try to keep it to rugby union. Uh, a bite in soccer will get you eight months. A bite in rugby will get you nine weeks. That in itself is a very good any other business. That's it for us, folks. We have to uh, get some food somewhere in Dublin. Come on, lads. Okay. Can we not go and get some hoinos? Hoinos. Hoinos. <laughs> All right, folks, that's it from us. We'll be back in a week's time for the Dragons game. And then we're taking a break for a couple of weeks. Hard earned. Indeed. How disappointed are we? Got it. Yeah. Performance, that's the key. Very disappointed.